soldiers led him away, they seized Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way in from the country, and put the cross on him, and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and wailed for him. Jesus turned and said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, weep for yourselves and for your children. For the time will come when you will say, Blessed are the childless women, the wounds that never bore, and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, Cover us. For if people do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and rulers even sneered at him. They said, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is God's Messiah, the Chosen One. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was written a notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't, don't you fear your God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, for the sun stopped shining. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. When all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. But all those who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at distance watching these things. and for reading God's word for us. Let us uh, pray. God, Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. That we heard it so that through it we might see, receive. Father, give us your Holy Spirit. Now that we listen to the preaching of your word and in preaching, that we may hear, may see, and may receive. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus said, Truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. That's amazing. The children perhaps know what is paradise. If you think about paradise, would you like to be there in paradise? I think we all would like to be in paradise. But it seemed that paradise was farther away than 
ever over there when Jesus and the other men were hanging on those crosses. But Jesus tells that man besides of him that today that man will together with Jesus be in paradise. That's amazing. Jesus assures him of that. Now let us think a little bit more on this Good Friday about paradise. I'm sure every human being longs to be in paradise. And in fact, much of the things we do have to do with our longing to be in paradise. So whether you book a vacation, whether you buy some good food, uh, many things we do have to do with our longing for paradise. And that is very good, I, I, I believe. It is good to feel that we miss paradise, that we lost it. And it is good that we long to have it back. But the big question is, how will we get it back? How will we get back into it? And here I believe we are often mistaken. We have our beliefs, what will bring it back to us. And we hate everything that makes us feel that we will be excluded from it, that we won't have it. Now, even if you have come to believe in Jesus Christ, and if you believe that through faith in him, you will inherit paradise and your right to believe that, still there may be many moments that you feel not confident that it will be enough. You look around for other ways to have it for yourself. So we might need the same assurance that this man besides Jesus was getting. For, pay attention, this man gets it. And that's amazing. So if you have been reading the Bible, where did it happen that man had to leave paradise? It was in the beginning of the Bible, Genesis. We see man has to get out of paradise. And now hundreds of pages have passed. And here, this man is the first man of whom it is said, you will be with me in paradise. Now, that is not to say that Old Testament believers wouldn't get it. They surely got it. But this is the first man here of whom it is said that he will soon be in paradise. Last week, it was 61 years ago, that the first man was traveling in space. By the way, it was a Russian, we may remember. Then many years later, there was an American, he was the first to be on the moon. You're still looking for the day that a man will walk on Mars, or perhaps one would like to walk on Pluto or whatever, but here we see a man who gets in paradise. That's amazing, isn't it? Of all people, it is a, a criminal. It's a robber. Isn't that amazing? Now, how did he get there? In which way did he receive this? That is not only important for him, for we might want to get there too. So, this is for all of you who are here. Would you want to be in paradise? 
in, in, in a few verses here you can find the way to get there. Don't miss it. This is a very important day for you. For it will unlock for you how you can be in paradise. So let us ask three questions today. First, what is the way? Second, what gets you on that way? And third, what assures you of that way? So what is the way? What gets you on that way? And what assures you of that way? First, what is the way? Look at verses 40 till 42 if you have your Bible with you. If I summarize these verses, then we could say, what is the way that this man gets in paradise? He repents and believes. That's it. So even these verses contain the secrets. To summarize it even shorter, two words, two words are enough. He repents and believes. And so should you. Repent and believe. So, that man hangs on the cross. The others are rebuking Jesus. In the other Gospels we read that initially he was joining them. But here we see, verse 40, the other rebuked the other one. He said, do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation, and we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. So this man fears God. And he says to the other one, don't you fear God, fear God. And he regrets all the sin that he did that brought him on the cross. He regrets it. He hates it. He turns away from his sin. So he repents. For us it is very important, really important, that if you want to get in again, that you also understand how you got out. So if you want to gain paradise, you should understand how you lost it. So to know and to understand about that, we should look at Genesis. For there Adam and Eve were in paradise. They were in. So again, a question for you. Think of paradise. Think of Adam and Eve of that garden. Would you like to be there in that garden? Would you like to be Adam? Would you like to be Eve? So, frankly speaking, I love to preach for you. I really do it wholeheartedly. But if I might choose, I would rather be in paradise, to be honest. And so would you, I, I, I think. So we all would like to be there, wouldn't we? They were in paradise. Now, how did they get out? Well, you know about that serpent, but what is the clue of that whispering serpent there in paradise? What did he whisper? And why, why did they listen to that serpent? Now, in fact, the clue of the whispering of the serpent was, you are not in paradise. What? But isn't this a beautiful place? Yeah, of course it is. But, there is that God. He wants to command you. To give you many rules. There wasn't it that you may not eat of any of the tree here? Well, no, actually one tree, yeah, but still one tree. So there is a God who is king over you. He forbids you. He says what is good and is bad. Wouldn't you get out of here? Here is God. So I know a way to get out. 
I know a way to get in paradise, says the, says the serpent. Follow me, trust me, listen to me. That's how it happens. Man listened to and placed a created thing, a, a creeping thing, rather than God. Put his trust in the words of that one and forgot about what God had told. So here is the first idolatry. Man believed it. And by that insulted and rebelled against God. And therefore, they had to go out. Now this is not just a story of long ago, of course. This is still going on. That serpent still whispers all the time. He whispered to that robber. So that robber, that thief, that criminal, he saw something. He thought, if I steal that, that would give me a feeling of paradise. I should do it. I know it's forbidden. I know if they catch me, it can cost me my life. But whoa, if I do that. So he heard the whispering and he followed it. But look at him now. He's aware of what he's done. Not only does he die that cursed death on the cross, which is an awful thing, it's so painful, so humiliating to hang there. But this man fears God. He knows that after his death it's not all over. After his death he will face the judgment seat of God. The worst thing is still to come for him. That's what he is aware of. He has sinned not only against human laws, he has sinned against God. He trembles, he fears. And, and what about his crime, his transgression? He hates it. He hates it. He thinks, it once promised me that it, I would have paradise, but it brought me completely out. Now this is what repentance is. What about you? Would you like to be in paradise? Then shouldn't we see that we were also deceived by the serpent so many times? And because of it we sinned and because of that we get the condemnation of God. Are we aware of that? So, repentance, it is to begin to fear God. And repentance is to turn away from sin. That's a different thing from, well, I should work at that. I could improve on that. No, it is that you see what sin is. It promised you things, but it brought you the contrary. You begin to hate it. It's very good to hate your sin. Turn away from it. So the man here on the cross, he repents and... Second thing, he believes. There is more to be seen in these few verses. So, he says about Jesus, this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Now pay attention to this. He said, this man has done nothing wrong. So, this man believes in Jesus. He believes, firstly, that Jesus has done nothing wrong. Secondly, he turns to Jesus. So he confesses that Jesus has done nothing wrong. Then he turns to Jesus and asks him to remember him. Now, what does this mean? Well, 
His confession is amazing. About Jesus, he says, this man has done nothing wrong. By the way, this is the sixth time in the Gospel of Luke that it is said. Pilate has said it five times. Here he says it for the sixth time. And then soon the centurion will worship God and say it for the seventh time. Why is this important? Well, read the whole Old Testament after Adam and Eve and find us one person who has done nothing wrong. You can look at all these pages, but you won't find anyone. As Paul summarizes it in his letter to the Romans, he quotes the Old Testament, no one is good, no, not one, none is righteous, and so on. All have sinned. So therefore we are all out, out of paradise. But not Jesus. He has done nothing wrong. So what does that imply? God can receive him. God should not condemn him. He can just walk in. He is the king. He will receive the kingdom. He will not be out. He will be in. This is the faith of the man. Do you believe this? Do you believe that Jesus was innocent, pure and holy? Very good. Confess that. But do not take this merely as knowledge, but use this knowledge. Look at how the man uses his knowledge about Jesus' innocence. He said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He makes an appeal to Jesus. He knows, well, I'm here, but soon Jesus will be there. He will be there in the kingdom, in paradise. He, he will be in the great place. Now, how great would it be that when he is there, he would remember me? So I don't think the criminal is even thinking of being able to get there. But how wonderful would it be if, that, if Jesus would remember him? By the way, we are a bit reminded here of an old story, aren't we, of Joseph. Don't you remember Joseph and two criminals were imprisoned? And soon the two criminals would get out of prison. One would be killed. The other one would be released. Now Joseph knows it, and Joseph's making an appeal, and he literally says, Remember me! But what did the man do? He forgot about Joseph. Sad for Joseph. Now, this criminal makes an appeal to Jesus. Remember me. Well, what do you think? Will, will Jesus forget? Be like that man? Of course not. Jesus is the one who will remember him. How great. So this is the way for us too, for you too. Do you want to be in paradise? I'm sure you want. Now see the way. Repent of your sin and believe in Jesus. Make a cry from your heart. Jesus, remember me too. As you did that criminal, remember me too. Begin to cry wholeheartedly to Jesus. So we have seen now the way to get back. Repent and believe. It's so easy, you can't forget about it. So apply it to your lives. Now, there is a question for... 
look at this man. Get to this face. Isn't that a bit strange? A bit amazing? In former times I even thought, Jesus just welcomes one man in paradise. Out of the blue. No, it's not out of the blue. There was a way. He repented and believed. That is the way. And throughout Luke's gospel we have seen that that is the way many times. Repent and believe. But how did this man come to that way? It was given by God, you say. Yeah, very good. Of course, it was given by God. But how was it given by God to him? Well, I discovered it must be by what this man heard. You say, nice idea, Pastor Jos. Where did you, did you get that from? Well, read. Just read. Pay attention to what you read. Jesus walking there on that Via Dolorosa. Is he alone there? No. A lot of people. Uh, and, and, and a certain Simon, also an outsider and a North African behind Jesus, but also these two criminals behind him. Now, how did this man get on the way of repentance and how do we get on the way of repentance and how do we keep on the way of repentance so once you get on the way you must keep on the way how will you do that well let us see that there are two answers to that question this man gets on that way because he hears Jesus preach and he hears Jesus pray preach you say yes preach Jesus gives his last sermon on that Via Dolorosa. I've often missed that last sermon of Jesus. Have you ever seen the last sermon of Jesus? You find it in verses 28 till 31. The criminal is there. He's walking just beside Jesus. He hears that preaching. So... All the women are crying, weeping, loud as that happens in the Middle East. Oh, how sad for Jesus, how sad for Jesus. So even today, still people think that that is the right way to worship Jesus. So in the Holy Week, to weep a lot about, oh, how sad for Jesus, how sad for Jesus. But look at the response of Jesus. He turns around, he says, stop it, please, don't weep for me. What? No, don't weep for me, weep for yourselves. Why? Well, if humanity is doing this to the King, the Son of God, if humanity is removing the Son of God in this way, crucifying Him, away with Him, done with Him, away with Jesus the Christ, what awaits the world if that is the attitude of humanity? then nothing else has to be expected by humanity, by the whole world, but the judgment of God, the wrath of God. It is coming, the day of wrath. The righteous vengeance of God will come before he restores and redeems the earth and unites it with the new heavens. He will remove every sinner. It will be a terrible day. On that day, people will cry out, Oh, mountains, cover us, hills, Hide us from this wrath, from this day of wrath. That's Jesus' last sermon. Well, do we need such preaching today? I think we don't hear much of such preaching today. People say, well, that's hell and damnation preaching. We don't like it. We don't need it. 
Actually, it was Jesus' last sermon. Awaken, be aware of what is coming. It was how Jesus' preaching ended. It was also where Jesus' preaching began. It was also where John the Baptist's preaching began. Repent and believe. Prepare for the day of wrath. It was how the prophets preached. Prepare for the judgment of God. Fear God. Repent of your sin. Ask for mercy. If you read the letter to the Romans by Paul, where he explains the whole gospel about the power of God for salvation, when he begins, in fact, his whole, his whole exposition, Romans 1 verse 18, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. So yes, this is Jesus' last sermon, and the criminal heard it. So where did he get his fear of God and his hatred from sin from? Where else than from this awakening preaching of the Lord Jesus? So shouldn't we awaken to that as well? That if we don't repent, if we just go on in our idolatry of created things, believing these will give me the joy, even if God forbids it, this will give me the joy, then do you really expect that you will get into paradise? No, fear God, turn away from sin, listen to the preaching of Jesus. How did he get on the way? He heard the preaching of Jesus and he heard the prayer of Jesus. Have you observed that? You find also Jesus praying in the passage and the criminal was very close to him over there. So pay attention to verse 34. When they crucified them, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. How astonishing. Could you imagine that somebody is crucifying you? It is so painful. And that you would pray, Father, forgive them. But Jesus does. He prays for these soldiers doing their work. They, they, they do their work. They have to remove this person, to crucify this person, because they think he's a threat for the Roman peace. And Jesus prays. And the criminal hears that. Now, perhaps, besides of the fact that that is impressing and astonishing, this criminal has heard something here that you may not have heard. I neither heard it before. This criminal must have been probably a Jew. Now, if a Jew hears one pray, Father, forgive, they know not what they do, then the Jew is reminded of something. He's reminded of the book of Leviticus. Now, among us, Leviticus is not a very popular book. So, perhaps if you never read it, then you are not reminded of anything. But, what is Leviticus about? It's about priests. How do the priests pray? They pray to God. Forgive them their sins that they were not knowing what they did. So, if we really completely aware sin against God, rebel against God, then finally there might not be forgiveness. But there is some blindness in our sinning, and for such sins there can be forgiveness. So if you are aware of that, and God's people was, that God was a holy God, that though God redeemed people from Egypt to bring them to the promised paradise-like land, 
They could not get in because of the holy God, because of their sins. How should they deal with that? Well, read Leviticus. There are priests. You can go to them. They can pray. You will bring a sacrifice. An innocent lamb will be slaughtered in your place. The priest will take the blood. He will go in. He will remember you when he is inside. At the heart of the book of Leviticus is the Day of Atonement. Then the high priest does not just get into the temple. He goes into the holiest of holies, which was a paradise-like place. He could get in with the blood on his breast, the names of the Israelites. So the criminal hears Jesus pray, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. And soon the criminal pleads with Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. So what should we learn? We should be awakened. It's not this life, hopefully a bit like paradise, and then the death, and then everything is ended. No. We are walking toward the day that we stand before the judgment seat of God. Awaken. Turn to Jesus. He is the great high priest. He can remember you. So listen to the preaching and listen to the prayer of Jesus. That gets you on the way and that keeps you on the way. Last question. What assures you of that way? For you may hear it, you may like it. Later on you may not feel very confident that you have it. And again look for other things. As Theophilus many times felt he lacked a bit of confidence. What can assure you? Well, last thing. Look at verses 43 and the rest. And then you will see two things that assured him and that can assure us. It is the word of Jesus and it is the work of Jesus. First, listen to the word of Jesus. Verse 43. And he said to him, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. The word of Jesus. He hears it. Do you hear it too? What a wonderful, what a great promise is this. He says, surely. He doesn't say maybe, hopefully. Surely. Even for this outsider, this criminal, it is very sure. He doesn't say, once upon a time, perhaps after some perjury. No, he says, today. Today. That's true for you too. So, maybe you live 20, 30, 40, or how many years will you live? But when you know that you have an eternal paradise, 10,000 years and to all eternity, be in that place with God, with Jesus, with the beauty of the new creation. It, it brings joy, confidence, peace in your heart right now, doesn't it? So then you have it in your heart and you know you will have it. This applied to that criminal. Surely today you will be with me. With me. With Jesus together. So, this is different from Adam. Adam thought, I will have paradise without God. 
Oh, and what a loneliness, what a sadness, what a depression followed after being without God. Now Jesus says, with me. So, when we believe, we come into a fellowship. We will have paradise, but we will also have the fellowship with Jesus, with the Father, and with the Holy Family of God. You will be with me in paradise. Isn't this amazing? I read Kishi Rao, wonderful 19th century author. He writes, this man, pay attention, was not member of any visible church. He has never been baptized. He has never received Holy Communion. He had no time to do any works of gratefulness to God. None of these things. However, he gets, as the first one of whom it is said, he gets paradise. Now you say, how can that be? Why should it be a robber first of all? And all these strange men here around the cross, like in Barabbas, like a Simon, who was from a foreign country, a criminal, a centurion, even Joseph, one of the council that condemned. Why all these strange outsiders? How, how do they get it? Well, what assures you? The word and the work of Jesus. Oh, look. Look at him. Look at him. How can he be in? It is because Jesus went out. Jesus had paradise as the Son of God. He enjoyed it all. But he went out. Obedient to the Father. Rejected from Bethlehem to Jerusalem. That we would have a place in paradise. He would have our place. The place of this criminal in the judgment. He would not only bear the sentence of man. He would even bear the sentence and the judgment of God. So see him. See Jesus. Here the priest brings the blood not of an animal but his own atoning blood as a lamb. And soon as a priest he will enter into the place where God is. And through repentance and through faith this criminal will be justified. He will be adopted and welcomed. It is completely free for him. So it is free for you too. It was not free for Jesus. He paid the price. But it was free for him and for all who come, for all who repent and believe. So please, my dear friends, pay attention. How can you get back in paradise? See that there are two ways. We think there are two ways. But we should turn from the wrong way. Turn from idolatry. Worshipping the created things as if these could give it to us. We should admit it. Fear God. Repent. And turn to Jesus. Does that mean that we may not enjoy created things? Of course. But no longer as our hope for paradise. But as signs of paradise as gifts in which we already taste something of paradise and even when we are in pain in suffering in trouble then we may know his word and work is sure so have you come to this savior have you come to repent and believe what a lucky man what a lucky woman are you 
And if you reject it, if you put it all away, oh, then once you would become aware that you long for paradise, but this life was all the paradise you ever had. With all the misery of this life, this was all the paradise you had, and you end up in an endless misery. So let this not happen to any of us here, neither at home, but see the Lamb of God, the priest, and receive his paradise. Amen.